Texas. Now back to Puck and the Gas Man on your home for Seattle's best NFL draft. I got the text master open and people are screaming at me there. I've got my laptop open. I got some other thing open. I've got Softy's page open here. Is this up? If I play something on, it's the uh, uh, what? The, what the hell is Beacon it? Plumbing it's the Beacon Plumbing Hotline. Where did that? You know why I forgot? It's because the sign fell down over here. I'm an old man. I need signs. Come on, Feltz. <laughs> Hello, Mister Booth. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Well, I'm ranting and raving about things, you know. But it's but it's Friday, and I've I've kind of made it right to the end. Your partnership again. Um, Puckett is probably off playing golf somewhere right now. It, it, it was, oh, didn't I tell you that? And I'm like, I see, I see. So I've, I've put in some vacation time, too. I figure I'm not going to get aced out of this, so I'm taking off as well. Hey, you did a thing. Was it a, was it about a year ago that you did the, the kind of the history of the departure of the Sonics? Am I, am I right about the year, year and a half ago? Yeah, it was, it was actually, I did it on the, on, I did it on the 10 years, kind of the, the first, the first stone and everything that happened and led to, you know, kind of today being the 10 year anniversary of the last game. But yeah, it was, it was looking back and talking to some of the people that were involved in, in kind of everything that led up to that. I'm assuming I was there just being a menace to anybody near me. Um, <laughs> if, if, if I had bumped into you that night and, and I, and I'd said, you know, it, it, a decade from now, none of this will be solved. They'll be gone and none of it will be solved. Would, would you believe me? I mean, we didn't know they were leaving necessarily 10 years ago tonight, but the smart money was kind of there. But would you have thought that it was going to take defined answer by this point that, you know, maybe we would have had a building finished within 10 years instead of at the point we are right now where it's still, you know, where we're hopeful of having something done starting later this year. But, you know, I would have, I would have thought there would have been enough urgency, enough, um, you know, enough, enough people looking at the opportunity would be that building almost done or done at this point, or we would already have a hockey team here just waiting for the NBA to decide to, um, decide to expand again. I, I, I'm surprised that we're still sort of dragging our feet, but that's that's the Seattle way. That's you know nothing gets done in a timely fashion around here. Right. Everything has ten thousand delays to it. Um, surprised that we are at the point where a building is going to be starting under construction later this year, and, and in theory, within the next five to seven years, we could be looking at having basketball back here again. And, you know, we we listed on our poll question, you know, four of the things that have been invented in the last decade. One of the things I could have listed is South Lake Union because it didn't exist and it's completely changed in the 10 years as well. And it, it kind of rams home that Seattle's a, you know, those of us who have been here a long time, we sit here and we kind of wonder, okay, what's going to happen with hockey or what's going to happen if they get basketball back or what's going And one of the things we have to factor in is the demographics of this city have... There's a different wealth in Seattle than there's ever been before. Mm-hmm. And I think that, I think that underlines why there's so much optimism about the success that this, that this proposed NHL franchise could have here. And I think that leads to the possibility of the NBA returning the, 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 I mean, I, I think back to what the Sonics fan base was back in the, back in the two thousands and how many people on the East side, you know, that's, that's where everything was. You had, you know, you had Boeing, in some pockets of, of Seattle. But if you looked at what the core of that season ticket base was, it was East side based. It was Bellevue based. It was Redmond based. It was a lot of Microsoft executives it, um, where that building is going to end up being completed at, at, at key arena. So I, I think that's sort of the, the, the biggest demographic change we've seen. There, there's a huge number of transplants who have come in. And with that, the amount of wealth in this region has grown and where that wealth is, I think has been redistributed to where, a team can tap into different different areas of the city to to build that the when the Sonics were trying to you know financially figure out what was best for 
for their franchise. Um, yeah. To me, that to me that's the biggest change that I've seen in the ten years since is just the the amount of the the huge growth of of just money that we have in this market now. So much of it trickling down to you and I too, which is making our lives better. Oh. Reasonable walking distance of Key Arena that didn't live there ten years ago because of the number of apartment buildings. Now the question becomes: Are they sports fans, and are they the ones with the money we're talking about who will be able to afford? tickets and, and and it's not like that's the only place they're going to draw from but it's 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 yet another interesting piece of the puzzle that's changed in this town from uh, from years past and and it'll be interesting to see hey do you think the um it, it sure says hockey first but they definitely want to get the nba involved now oftentimes the second team to the trough doesn't get as much of the slop Lywicky tell Tim Lywicky tells me, hey, we're going to build it so the NBA team can be completely successful, and that that Oakview, you know, Oakview's sort of the 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 mastermind of this entire thing, and so they're the one that brokered together the, the ownership group for the NHL. They're the ones that are probably going to broker together the ownership group for an NBA team when that time comes. Um, I think ultimately they they've invested so much in the in in making the NHL product ready to go that they've got to make sure that is successful. That is stable that they have in all those important metrics that they have to have to make that franchise successful getting out of the gate, that they're going to, they're going to invest the time and the effort in doing that first. But at the same time, they're also not going to, you know, if, if Adam Silver comes calling and says, Hey, we want a team to come into town. We got to make sure this thing is good for 10, 15, 20, 25 years. Once that is in place, then I think you're going to see, the, the 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 idea of the NBA returning really ramp up, and that's that you know that's why I think I think 2023 is kind of a is an interesting target date because um, you know the NBA is going to have new TV deals by then. I think people are going to have a better understanding of what the what the cord cutting sort of audience is interested in and what options are out there because they're changing every day is in terms of what you can stream versus needing to have you know a, a cable system. Um, I, I think that I think that's going to be a really interesting date. Because also because I think the NBA by that point is going to have made a decision about. Then the other obvious option is to is to come back to Seattle. So um, I, I think that's sort of I, I think that's kind of the progression that you're going to look at is get that NHL product started, make sure it's stable, make sure it's viable, and then I think they'll really start to ramp up looking at what the what options there are for the NBA coming back here. Tim Booth, who covers sports for the Associated Press in Seattle, is our guest on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline. The um, or after the strangest ten games to a season I ever remember in terms of crazy injuries, uh, uh, snow, uh, all the off days that were already scheduled in. It's it, it surprises me. I'm pleasantly surprised that they're that they're six and four. What do you see as the as the as the the good or the bad ten days into this season, Tim? I think I think the good the, the good starts right at the top of the order. D Gordon's been every every you know when he, when when they made this made the deal for him the you know that the potential of that lineup you kind of saw how just how that one extra guy kind of lengthened things out. You know Segura moves down in the order, everybody kind of drops down a notch. Um, I, I think he, for for ten games he's exceeded I think what most people would have expected the impact of his career. Um, you know that that to me that's the good. James Paxton seems to have turned it around from that ugly first start he had at Safeco against against the Indians. The bad is this just this weird rash of injuries. Like mm-hmm. who? What other team? You know, I hate the idea of a team being the 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 excuse of a team being snake bit, but that's exactly what it's been so far between Zunino, Cruz, Healy, um, even you know Gamble's injury before back in back in spring training. This team just 
has these little things that pop up that are completely inexplicable, but they happen to the Mariners. Um, so to be six and four right now, coming home after after playing seven of your ten games on the road, um, I, I think you have to be really pleased about where they where what kind of start they've gotten off to, considering how bad it could have been with all the things they've had to deal with. I got to be honest, I'm terrified of going downstairs right now because Nelson Cruz <laughs> is an athlete. He's in shape. He's in really maybe he's nearing the end of his career, but he's in prime physical condition. If he can do this, God knows what I could do going down this. So I go up and downstairs. Well, you you remember this is the team that had a, a closer injure himself falling up 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 a okay. set of stairs at one point back in its history. So, you know, it's it's yeah, you have to take that into account when it comes to even the 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 most in shape and, and healthiest guys in the world, like Nelson Cruz, walking down a flight of stairs. All I'll say about the guy who who fell going upstairs was music geek. I know you're a huge Pearl Jam fan, and I, I thought it'd be perfect since we're having you on today to uh, do this. So I got a friend named Jeff Rouse. I don't know if you ever met Jeff, but he, he plays in Duff's band Loaded. Uh, he plays in a in a band called The Guessing Game. He's toured with various bands, and he's doing a solo album that's coming out next month uh, called The Gemini. And I thought you and I, Tim. Could they be launched it on a on a little AM stick out of Seattle and we made it happen? So, so would you like to stay with us for a second and hear about a minute or so of this this new song, Fire, and and, and see what you think? I, I would be happy to as long as I get some sort of residual from from the success of this single. We're both lined up on it. Let's fire it up here. Here's Fire by Jeff Rouse from the Gemini. Bad, huh, Tim? That's got a nice little hook to it. You like that? That's, that's outstanding. You know, you know, I'm I'm a I'm a big Jeff Ament Ament guy with with Pearl Jam. So anyone that's got that kind of bass to it, I I, I like that a lot. Well, as, as Duff McKagan once told me, you know, whenever there's problems in a band, it's never the bass player's always just hanging out in the back doing his job, just doing what he's supposed. <laughs> to. It's it's the the drama comes at the other ends of the band. Uh, so Jeff's got it's uh, you can do a a few giveaways of that. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of cool. It's it's fun, to, and I love supporting the local music community because that is one thing that does kind of thread all the way back in Seattle and, and continues to thrive and be dynamic, even with all the changes we were talking about earlier, Tim, is the number of great musicians from this area and the number of great uh, the amount of great music that's produced here. Yeah, no, I, it's uh, the Seattle music community is incredible, and, and it's it's uh, anytime you get a, like that, it's, it's fantastic to, to highlight and, and put out there for, for people to listen to. Tim Booth, who has a stack of Pearl Jam tickets for both shows at Safeco Field. If you want them, call him. We'll give you his phone number because he'd love to have you come sit with him in his private luxury box for the home shows. Tim, great talking to you. Thanks for coming on the show. You do, guys. Ticket stub. Still, through all the moves I've made, I mean, my wife and I moved like five times in three years, and I just uh, kept packing it away. So I'm not getting rid of this. I'm hanging on to this uh, for a while. So I've, I've still got that. But ten years ago today, Sonic's last played a game with him uh, so far <laughs> as the producer of the show. Tony Softly at 11 o'clock this morning. Text us at 49451 your favorite or your dumbest sports superstition. Whether it's one that you do or one that a team does, something you like or you don't like, text us at 49451.